Hi, I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How to Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's our mission at Dragonfly Marketing to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally based small business in Australia. Why? Because we know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. We believe small businesses are the backbone of our nation. When your business grows, it benefits not only you and your family, it benefits your whole community. Small businesses create a vibrant and connected economy. We employ local people, we donate to local charities, and we work together to build resilient and thriving regional communities. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, This show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. Now, before I introduce my next guest, I wanted to ask you something. Do you want to find out how you can create high impact marketing campaigns on a small budget? Because if you do, I think I have something that may help you. So something that we are immensely proud of at Dragonfly Marketing is the fact that we have won the Small Budget Marketing Award at the Australian Marketing Institute Awards for Excellence three times. And we've done this by by creating super smart and creative marketing campaigns that have achieved amazing results on a super, super tight budget. This is what we specialize in. It's our superpower, if you like. But this doesn't come from just winging it. It comes from years of experience creating marketing campaigns for small businesses. We've got a formula. We know exactly what works and now we want to share this information with you. So if you think this information is something you'd like to get your hands on, head to dragonflymarketing.com.au slash high impact small budget and sign up to receive our e-guide, 10 steps to creating high impact marketing on a small budget. And now to introduce this episode's guest, and I am going to confess right here and now, I'm a total fangirl of my guest today. In my opinion, her marketing is some of the best out there. I am absolutely her perfect target market, and every marketing and brand touchpoint that I have with her business inspires me to want to be part of her tribe. And because she has such amazing marketing, I buy stuff from her all of the time. And that, my friend, is exactly what great small business marketing is all about. For years, I have watched on in awe as Pip Brett, the creative mind behind popular homewares and clothing store Jumbled, has grown her amazing business both online and off. As her business has evolved over the years, Pip has cleverly introduced different marketing channels and innovative approaches to her creative via these channels. And every time she does, she bloody nails it. Pip has amassed over 126,000 Instagram followers. She sends bi-weekly emails. She produces a podcast. Her website is amazing. And she's also a huge fan of creating marketing and business partnerships. In this episode, she generously shares her approach to all of these marketing channels. 
What I love most about Pip's marketing content that she creates for Jumbled is how much energy and passion that it exudes. It's infectious. Pip also lets us in on how she manages to create this and how it has ultimately led her to building one of regional Australia's best retail success stories. So enough of my gushing, let's meet Pip. Hi, Pip, and a very big welcome to the How To Do Marketing Show. Thanks for having me, Jane. It's exciting. Such a pleasure, and it sure is. I have been um, so excited about getting you on the show, having been a bit of a fangirl of all of your marketing for a very long time, um, as well as as everything that you sell. So this is, this is um, really exciting for me too. Now, Pip, I like to start off every interview with just asking why you do what you do, just to give people an idea of the passion behind why you do what you do. So why do you do what you do, Pip? Oh, gosh, that's such, <laughs> such a big question, isn't it? Um, I do what I do because I think I don't think I'd want to be doing anything else. I just... Um, yeah, I love I love the challenges of having your own business. I love the um, you know, those you're constantly problem solving, but I also really love probably the creative side that you can have with your own business. So that's yeah, the marketing side and the um the products and and um creating product you know, collaborations and visual merchandising. So I feel like I sort of tick off all the things that I love all in one package. But I think when I started doing this, I was 21 and I probably, I don't know, I hadn't really, I don't know, I hadn't really thought of anything different. I don't know. It just, I think you it's like maybe planted within you before you, your passions are planted within you before you even know what they are and you just can't help but do them. But yeah, feeling very lucky. Yeah. And, and that comes through, like you can absolutely see that that is something that, that creativity and that innovation, um, and always, you've always just got something new on the go and it's always so on brand and on point and, and, you know, from looking in from afar, you can see that that's innate, like you couldn't plan it, you know, it's not something that you learn Mm. that skill. Yeah. I think, yeah. And you said that it feels very, on brand, but that's not a, um, I think a few years ago we decided to only sell things that, you know, truly loved and just to not try and be anyone else, just to be us. And this is what you see here is exactly what I love. And so I think you can't help, but, um, yeah, it does feel on brand just because of that sole reason. Yeah, yeah, you've got your true north and you stick to that and you don't deviate and it produces absolute magic. And 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 you spoke about, you know, yeah, that you're lucky that you did just kind of follow that and you just followed your intuition. But Pip, I think there's so many people who don't, you know, so many people who do have this kind of creative side or this innovative side, but for some reason, whatever it may be, you know, they don't follow that and it might take a little bit of time for them to actually kind of tap into that and they might you know change career you know during the course of their life or you know after 20 years of doing one thing to tick it over so so I guess you are lucky that you kind of tapped into that and followed it at that age and you've been able to kind of then grow and manifest that as as you go along 
Yeah, totally. I think I was talking at a careers night last night, a virtual one for my high school that I went to. And I think um, there are a lot of other creatives on the panel as well. And it was interesting how, um, you know, everyone's not many um, paths in life are straight. They deviate all different ways. But yeah, I guess I was lucky that um, I sort of knew what I wanted to do when I was young, but I think when you're young, you have less um, responsibilities also. So I think that's a little bit easier and not a fear of failure like maybe you would do now going into business. But I think um, women in particular in business, you know, we had a, a business weekend called the Huddle in Orange for 450 people, women. And what I took away from that was it wasn't really anything holding people back except for their own, um, like, self-doubt almost. Absolutely. So, yeah, it was interesting that I'm sure men, I don't know if they have that self-doubt as well, but I think um, women in business are really putting it, you know, trying to craft these lives for themselves and their families. So they're sort of trying to put themselves out there and their ideas out there. And that could be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and certainly this is from my experience, I know for years I probably suppressed a lot of my creativity um, because you, you've got that fear of judgment, like creativity is not wrong or right, you know, and when you're a person who kind of likes to be judged as right or likes yeah. to think that you're actually doing the right thing, creativity is so subjective that it's, it's a really hard place to kind of sit if you're, if you're not afraid to fail or not afraid to, um, sorry, if you are afraid to fail or if you are afraid of the judgment um, you know, that, that comes with that. And a lot of the time, as you said, it's self-judgment or it's mm. self-doubt. Mm. Um, but I think creativity is one of those really hard things to, to be really confident with um, and know that, you know, there, there will be some, some mistakes and it will take a little bit of time to kind of get that right feel um, and to ignore judgment. Do you know what I mean? No. To, to kind of just to, to, to be true to yourself. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that is a thing with age too, with everything, with your friends or, and in business, but you're not everyone's cup of tea and that's okay. But if you can just, and the same goes for your social media, everything really, like you just accrue those little, that group of people that resonate with what you do and what you love. And then I don't think you have to worry about the rest. You just focus yeah. on what you love. And, and those people that love what you do. And then I think it doesn't really matter. You yeah. sort of get a lot from, from that. Yeah, I agree. And as, as you said, you know, if you kind of find your, your true north of what you're passionate about and stick to what you love, people will come. You know, you kind of build that and people will, will, will come. Um, and I'm going totally off script here because from what you've said, I've just got oh, some other questions. <laughs> sorry. No, no, it's not your fault. It's mine. Um, and I hope you don't mind me throwing in these questions. But, but your mum's an artist. Her name's Kez Brett and she does some incredible painting. I just I love them so much. I just, um, I just purchased the, the linen tablecloth from oh, your latest amazing. collab with yeah. Kip & Co. I just love it. And we've got a big Kez Brett that sits above our bed. And the reason why I'm, I'm kind of introducing Kez to this is do you think that growing up with a mum as an artist allowed you to sit more confidently in that creative kind of headspace? And I guess also see that as a commercial model. I mean, I don't know whether Kez has always sold her artworks or whether, 
you know, she's only done this later in life. But, but do you think having her as a mum's kind of helped you feel more confident in that space? Well, she actually had a clothing store for 25 years before uh, she started painting. So she really, she was painting while she had the store. She used to do it out the back. And then once she retired, I'd sort of had jumbled for a couple of years and I started selling her art Um, because as a creative, it's a bit awkward selling your own product and what you've sort of done. But, yeah, 100%. Like, so she was a single mum just working so hard, put us all through school, and um, she had a really successful business that was unlike none other. It was in Orange and um, it really was one of the best retail stores. And I'm not just saying that, like it was phenomenal and very different for the time um, and for regional Australia. Like there are great stores in regional Australia now, but um, back then she was mm. really at the forefront. So seeing her do it, um, you know, she would definitely have to be the biggest mentor. Yeah. yeah. And she never, you know, even... Um, you know, the subjects that I took at school or the university degree that I took or anything like that. She never really tried to push me in any particular way at all. So I think, um, yeah, that definitely has the biggest role to play in all of this. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, Also, you mentioned, was it the business huddle and you had 450 women in a room and and I'm assuming that was in orange. Yeah. Um, Wow. Tell, Tell me a little bit about that. So the huddle was something, you know, that I've been dreaming about for years, but I didn't sort of think that we would be the people that could pull it off because we'd never run an event at all. We'd run tiny little ones here for 20 people and things like that. But um, back in 2019, which feels like forever ago, doesn't it? Um, (laughs) You know, we were orange and most of the Central West were in one of the worst droughts ever that we'd had for four years. And we'd been trying to think of different ways that we could make a difference. Um, And we could see that there were lots of women doing lots of really cool things out here. And I think we thought this would would be a really meaningful way to help people with off-farm income or you know, I'm a big believer in strong businesses, create strong communities, and um, this was our way of sort of trying to kind of give back or solve a problem. And I'd I'd been to other events and and also talking to other small business owners and hearing their story or how they got to where they were. You know, it's all not you know rosy and amazing that there are ups and downs. And hearing those stories, it is so inspiring that I thought we need to bring this to Orange it'd be great for our community as well having 450 women in Orange for a whole weekend so we spread out events across the whole weekend so they kind of had to stay and um, we had 10 mentors from all different industries come and they're just their, their stories and their knowledge was just so inspiring and amazing and then you know COVID happened not that long after and so I feel like um, yeah, it was really, it was such an, an in, inspiring experience. It was a lot of hard work. Yeah. Setting, doing it. I bet. But, um, yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was amazing. 
Fantastic. And did you, do, you, do you think you'll do that again? Do you think you'll, you'll organise oh, another event? As yeah. soon as we're, the last one ended, we started planning for one for September this year, which obviously yeah. didn't happen. And we had some mentors lined up who are amazing. But I think, um, yeah, it'll be in 2021 now. And I think it'll be perfect timing yeah. really as well. But I do think regional businesses um, out here during COVID have really flourished in that I think the hard work that was being set up especially with buy from the bush and um on people already having to be online have really paved the way for everyone to just go gangbusters in this time and make use of it yeah 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 I agree and and obviously I'm sitting in in regional um Australia as well in in Port Macquarie and and I know for me I think COVID, honestly, for me, COVID's been the best thing that's happened to my business because it's actually just got everyone on the level playing field of doing business digitally. So, I mean, obviously you're a a B2C business, I'm a a B2B, um, but the B2B space, like the... The, the rest of Australia wasn't geared up. I think regional businesses were because we've always had to be. Yeah. But the, the, the metropo- uh, kind of metropolitan cousins, if you like, um, were not because they didn't have to be. You know, they just they didn't have to do business that, that, that way and so they were kind of just doing business the way they'd always done it. And then COVID just immediately pulled that rug underneath them. And, like, within hours, they were all doing business online yeah. so confidently and that will never change. Like, now, now everyone can see how beneficial it is to do business this way. It will never change. So I think for regionally-based businesses, that has been one of the best things that, that could have happened. Mm. Yeah, someone was saying, like, the best, worst thing. And I think that's, you know, a really... I see it. I feel bad for Victoria who's only just coming out of it because I don't know how I would have coped having to go back into it again. I think that the people that did it successfully again um, with COVID was taking their audience on the journey of the highs and the lows and I think that's for all all parts of business. But I feel like for us it was a real positive in in many ways like you where, um, you know, it just allowed us to stop and think and evaluate where we're at and where we're going, like yeah. to get that headspace for a second of like, okay, how, how are we going to make this work for us? And I, the whole time I was like, I just want to use, I don't want to waste this time. I want to make sure that when we do open, we open with a bang we reopen with a bang and it's all these things that we've been wanting to do but haven't had the time to do them. So I feel like, yeah, it was a positive and, and, and you know, and, and the same for your family and your life values and where you want to be going and what you want to do. My family's never been happier except for homeschooling. That was horrible. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, just reevaluating what you want out of being in business, whether yeah. you want to have some more time off or whether you've got to take the accelerator off or on or, you know, yeah. rejig yeah. things a little bit. Yeah, it was yeah. an interesting time. Yeah, yeah, it certainly was. And, yeah, certainly from afar, you know, I was kind of um, – I guess engaging with your business along the way, and and certainly from for me because I kind of buy from you online. 
um, nothing much really changed. But I certainly noticed that, yeah, you kind of did take that time to, to renovate the store and, um, yeah, change a few things around. And, and, and then, as you said, and, and I remember you kind of launching back into to the world with a big bang. And um, I think that's energising not only for your customer base but for your team and, you know, for stakeholders and, and your partners. Like it's, it's lovely when you can see a business kind of thriving and using this time really proactively and, and positively. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yes, gosh, I could talk, talk to you about this, <laughs> this all day. Um, but I, I want to get onto the topic of, well, it's, it's marketing, but it's um, also, I guess, the kind of initiatives that you, that you put in place for your, your business. But first of all, if, if I start with your content, and I bloody love your content, <laughs> I receive your emails and I can't think of one that I haven't opened. Like how often would you email? Would it be two or once a week, twice a week? Probably twice a week. Twice a week. Twice a week. It depends. You know, we we fall in and off the bandwagon of... um, Don't we all? It is. um, And just reevaluating what our newsletter is and what we're putting out there so it's something that's like... um, that people want to open is yes. a constant battle, isn't it, of giving people inspiration but also being able to sell things, you know. Yes. I don't know. It's, it is such a tricky It's a fine one. balance. It's a fine balance. But I open every single email. And if I think back to my purchase behaviour, because I'm a marketer and I always mm-hmm. overthink everything, um, you know, I... I the purchases that I've made with your business have been because I've seen something come through on your email because sure, when I go to orange, I go to your store and I'm likely to purchase something, but you know, I'm only in orange once a year. So, so I think my purchases are definitely inspired by your email. I don't purchase off every single email, but I do purchase off, you know, one in every 10 or whatever it may be or 20, probably more. They're an absolute treat. So they, you know, from my observations, again, they have a really, really great mix of images and, you know, gifts and and really kind of bright um, attention-grabbing graphics. They have just the right amount of copy um, and the content itself, which is generally pretty product-based, like you're generally putting a lot of your products in there, it's just so appetising and it's colourful and it's interesting. But most of all, it exudes this beautiful energy that just inspires me and your social media channels are the same. Can you tell us how you approach your content marketing and what's the driving force behind the consistently amazing flow of content? Oh, that's a big question. Um, Okay. I would say our aim, like our core business aim is to give joy. Like we're not doing anything crazy here. It's just about, giving joy and inspiring and and trying to give back and to be authentic and show who we are. So I feel like we try and do both that on our and and also what we love, what we love to do, what we like to receive in our inbox, what we like to consume on social. So it's really all of those in a nutshell. Yeah. So we try and personalise everything that we do online because I would love to make that online experience as great as our in-store one. I could really pride ourselves on the customer service that my staff give and the, the experience of coming in-store. So we try and 
emulate that, I guess, through the images and the wording that we use. And I hate reading stuff online. I've got such a short attention span. So that's probably why there's barely minimal words and more images because I'm definitely more of an image-based person. But we try and use it so that we're a bit useful in a way, but inspirational. So um, I guess, yeah, we do want to sell things. And so that is at the core, but at the same time, it's like sharing the work of others and inspiring. I don't know. I think, I think when you're doing, when you're being true to who you are and what you love, it's not, it's not um, a conscious decision. Yeah. I quit just trying to do it and making it look as beautiful as possible. So we do spend a fair bit of time on our um, newsletters, but we are a really small team um, that we're just trying our best and flying really by the seat of our pants, really. And that's the great thing about being in small business too. You can be really nimble and be like, oh, this just came in. Let's just quickly pop these up online and take that great picture in store and let's pop it in a newsletter and... You know, you do it like sort of like that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I try and use our newsletter list also as a reward for those that follow us too, so that they get early access to exhibitions, so they find out when new things are coming out before we release it on Instagram. Because I really feel like you know, you should be so grateful for someone giving you access to the inbox really because we all know what it's like to have a million emails in there so you've got to give people a reason to open it and also uh thank them yeah. and how do you thank them you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's so that's so true and would you say like in terms of and, and from a business point of view would you say that email database is quite a, a valuable asset like is that something that you can use to kind of really drive sales is it something that that is one of your kind of key revenue drivers definitely but because we use our email and our instagram everything to be telling like one story or a similar story at simultaneous times it is kind of hard to work out where exactly the sales are coming from but it's I think it works in this beautiful system whether it's similar content but it's like delving more into it in different in different aspects yes and and different people open their emails that maybe don't open their Instagram but it is, it is such a driving force yeah. towards making sales. Yeah. Um, and I think that it is also a bit of insurance really to um, in case, you know, Instagram doesn't work overnight or Facebook or whatever that I feel like, you know, it's pretty amazing to have access to all those people. So I think, yeah, it is one of those things where um, how do you also get more people to sign up to your or allow us to send emails to you. So, yeah. yeah, it's that same thing of rewarding people with, you know, a free downloadable artwork every quarter or, um, God, I probably need to be doing that again actually. <laughs> um, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, yeah. But it is yeah. a very valuable, it is a very valuable tool. And there's, you yeah. know, there's so much more that you can be doing uh, that I know we can be doing without um a newsletter marketing yeah no, um yeah 
but it's, you know, that thing of in your business where, you know, you've got such a big list of to-do things that that's one yeah. we haven't really gotten to. So oh, gosh. Yeah. I would hate to see what else you could do with it, Pip. I think it's amazing. I say, <laughs> I'm exposed to email marketing all the time and yours is just hitting the nail on the head. And the other thing too in terms of, of emailing and, and kind of why I'm asking this is I think a lot of small business owners get so kind of focused on social media because it's this kind of new shiny thing and they see all of this stuff happening on Instagram and they, you know, hear of stories of, of products, you know, selling out via Instagram and all that sort of stuff. And they just neglect to understand and, and, and I guess nurture their email databases. And it is such a powerful asset. And, you know, at the end of the day, and you, you kind of touched on this before, you own that email database. You know, in terms of um, risk mitigation, if, if Facebook shuts down tomorrow or if Facebook kind of changes their mind like they do all the time and says right from now on, you know, you have to pay $10 for every, you know, click that we drive to your website or whatever, and Facebook obviously owns Instagram as well, you know, then all of a sudden you're at their kind of beck and call and, and you ha you're having to kind of respond to, to that. But your email database you own and you can kind of set the pace there in terms of, of what you want to do. So I think that's that's a really good point. Um, and, and you've got other things in your content, content mix. So on top of your email and your social media and, and obviously your website, you have the fabulous podcast, Jumbled mm -hmm. Loves a Chat, and I love these chats that you have. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about it and, and how you've integrated a podcast into your marketing mix for, for a retail store? I know, crazy, and I'm not very good at it. Um, the oh, so you are good at it, Pip. You oh, are. No. Uh, you are. Oh, and I was chatting about this um, to an, uh, to a friend who listens to you as well. And we just love your style. We love this open and raw conversation. We love the people that you pick. You know, you. I think you. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, oh, tell us about it. Lovely. <laughs> it. Um. You know, I started it during the huddle when we did our business event because I and um my friend Sky Manson who um is a has her own beautiful podcast as well was had said to me you should really do it it's just so good and I was like no no <laughs> anyway I'd put it off and off and off and she's like now is the perfect time to do it to tee it in with the huddle and I'm like okay I'll see how I go with the six um, and it was really stressful recording. I was so nervous, um, but I enjoyed it. Like it's like having your own mentor for an hour or to yourself, where they're telling you like they're cracking pearls of wisdom, and they're, you know, they're just their story. And it is such a privilege. And he's so wonderful. Like even sitting down and talking to you, you know, you could have popped in the store and we may have connected briefly and chatted at the counter, but it's so rare in this day and age to sit down for like an hour and chat to someone like properly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've somehow managed to keep it going and they're just, I think the, the best chats have happened with people that I like sort of know and love or admire and it just... Um, has been really great and it's been it's great to you know when we're talking about the newsletter and the um and instagram i feel like it's another little dot 
on the circle of if you were thinking of a dot to dot picture of yeah. something of a circle like I would just say it's about linking all those different things so if we've got an art exhibition um, launching which we just did on Sunday you know we'll get the artist on the podcast and you hear about their process and their highs and their lows and you know how they how they do it really and it's so amazing or we do a collaboration with Kip and Co and we get them on and you hear more about that like it is it is really it stresses me out every week definitely <laughs> um well and truly and the girls in the store would all know that um but what it's given back is you know you can't put a price on it it's it's yeah. been amazing and it's been amazing for people for me personally on a to be inspired by others but also yeah. Yeah, it is that weird thing that people think that they know you more, but yeah, I think it's helped our brand showcase our story a bit more in yeah. a different way. You yes. know, Instagram stories was really great for us here, but I think um, podcasting has been something that's been really, like I've really noticed a shift this year in something and I I think it's down to podcasting. But Wow, sure. interesting. Think, yeah, it's... um. Yeah, I hate listening back to them, but yeah. I do love hearing it again because I'm like, oh, that's right. They said that amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah it stresses me out everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's a lot of work. They, they are a lot of, of, of work. And I think what, you know, I think in terms of what you're saying there as well is the context that a podcast allows to give. You know, everything on social media is so fleeting. You know, everyone's in such a rush and they're just, you know, they consume content so quickly. And even with an email, you know, generally people are checking it when they're on the go or sitting there waiting for the doctor or whatever. So they're on a time frame. So you don't get to sit there and immerse yourself into, and as you said, into that conversation and actually kind of um, be taken on the journey and hear the stories and kind of get to know that person. So I completely agree. And the way, you know, you're describing it as the dot to dot, which is absolutely right. It's part of an ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes, you know, multiple kind of touch points for people to really kind of get to know, like, and, and trust your business. And, and I think that's where the podcast or even videos, you know, if you're producing videos as well, that's what they provide that, you know, social media images or, or emails maybe don't because they do give that beautiful, rich con context. And and you you interview, you know, as you said, um, you know, a lot of your suppliers, a lot of the artists. Um, so it does give this um, resonance, you know. So when, you, when you're kind of looking at the artworks that are coming through the emails and then you hear the artist interviewed. And I think one of my favourite ones of your episodes was with, oh, Kirsten from Incy. Is it Kirsten? Oh, Christy. Christy. From Incy Interiors. From Incy Interiors. One of my favourites to record. Like what an, an interesting story. Like oh, I just really kept going, what? What? Yeah. Stop. <laughs> Stop. You know, like. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I thought her story was so great. And that's the thing, like, I guess we're producing things that, like, 
I like to consume. So I love podcasts. I love walking my dog and listening to podcasts. And I guess our podcast is the the exact type of podcast that I love listening to. But I get to control it and go, wait, what? What did you say? (laughs) You know, I'm a bit naughty at like butting in over people. But it's like when you're (laughs) listening to a podcast and like with Christy, I'm like, what? You sold diamonds in the car park of Stanmore McDonald's? What? How did you? uh, You know, like it's just... um, yeah, and I think the same with video too on Insta stories and Instagram. Like I love, but short video, I don't yeah. like long form video, but yeah. that's what I, I love to look at video as opposed to still image. Like I still love a still image, but I think it's working them all in, in conjunction together. And I think that's- that is one of those fun, um, you know, in marketing is like linking everything together, what pushing it in the one direction, you know, focusing on something but doing it all in different ways. So you're not hammering people the exact same thing on every angle but giving them a deeper or a more visual or a more, you know. Yeah, 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 richer experience. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. Now, um, we spoke before the the interview and um, I was saying how I've had the very great pleasure of of interviewing quite a few awesome marketers from your region, the Central Mm -hmm. West or or Orange, Um, Soph Hansen, M Swift, Holly Manning, and all of them are doing such amazing things independently. But even from afar, I can see how beautifully you all collaborate with each other and, and the partnerships that must be kind of fostering between you all. How do you approach partnering and, and collaborations in your business? And what do you think some of the benefits of these can be for, for, for small businesses? Yeah, 100%. I think that's like one of the most exciting things that this year has brought to our business is collaboration um, and something I really want to focus more on next year. But in terms of our um, community, there are in Orange and a little bit further afield, um, there are so many wonderful people doing wonderful things out here and we have been, you know, able to reach out and do stuff together. So um, Emma at Swift and uh, uh, I, I don't know if I should say it, but we're doing a little um, Christmas um, champagne collaboration with them and we did it with Emma Barrett who's in Narromine, a graphic designer and um, we've done stuff with Sophie and Clancy Job in Narromine as well. Just um, I think in it's so nice to be able to work with people um, that you love their work yes. so much. I think um, the best collaborations happen when you both benefit and you fill in each other's missing skill sets. And so that's, you know, the really exciting the really yeah. exciting thing. And the world's, yeah. your, the world's your oyster, but literally the collaborations happen around um, us reaching out to people, people reaching out to us. And some of them aren't big brands. Some are just small creatives. Um, I think I urge everyone to think about who they could collaborate with, whether yeah. they're a hairdresser and a beautician or a florist and a restaurant or, a, you know, it could be big scale, it could be small scale. or It's just... Um, yeah, it's such an exciting space at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And so when you go into these partnerships, do you kind of go in with 
you know, kind of outcomes in, in mind? Do you kind of go in going, right, we really need to, you know, fill this gap or we really need to kind of think about partnering with this person for this reason? Or do you kind of approach them, you know, with, I guess, curiosity and go, you know, I think, I think our brands really align, you know, I'd love to have a chat with them about how we could collaborate and then kind of let that conversation unfold. Or is it a mixture of both? It's it's just a mixture mixture of both really, yeah. um, and and different opportunities come your way um, with different things. If someone's approaching you, they probably have something already. They might have something already in mind, and it's yeah. knowing what to say yes to and what to say no to. And what we say yeah. yes to is yes, that's amazing. Like that excites us. You know, yeah. we get lots of things and I'm like, oh, it's not quite right or the time yes. is not quite right or yeah. not really sure how that would work. Um, but, yeah, that's the great thing about, you know, looking at your inbox these days or answering the phone. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, okay, yeah. Let's, let's think about that or ponder that. And yeah. some things have a really long time frame and other things happen much quicker. It just um, yeah depends yeah. on um but yeah i think just saying yes to those ones that really excite you and 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 creatively oh and what you get out of it really what you want to get out of it yeah um yeah. whether it's money or the the thrill or the challenge or the joy yeah. or the bigger audience or a new audience it's um yeah i think each one gives you different things and um yeah, yeah it's fun that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. There, there are so many opportunities um, for, for that to happen. And again, it's something that I just don't see, and and including myself, it's just not something that I've kind of ever really had on my radar. That's about to change, but um, I think, yeah, it is. It's such a, and I think we're going to be moving more and more into that era where we do look for ways to collaborate and lift each other up and join forces to, you know, achieve kind of greater goods. So, mm. so yeah, that's that's excellent advice. Now, I would love to touch on your Instagram because you do such an amazing job of that as well. So you have over 126,000 followers. It's a beautiful grid to get lost in. And your stories, you've always got so many stories and they're (laughs) always really entertaining. I love flicking through them. I love it. Does it actually take you a lot of time to feed this platform so abundantly and, and again with so much energy? Yeah. Yeah, it does take a lot of time. I wish I could yeah. say it didn't, but it yeah. does. Like, um, yeah, it does. But when I'm not feeling it, I won't do it. Yeah. And I've just known that now. I think that's a newer thing because I think, oh, the shop will suffer because really it is such a driver for sales as well. You post a lovely picture and it sells. It's right. It's so amazing. If you do it, if you put the time in, you get reward. But I do think you can tell when I'm probably not feeling it as much. Yeah. So I think when we're feeling it, it's just um, I think it comes across yeah. the enthusiasm that we have. Um, yeah, but it does take a lot of time. But there is there's no real... Um, we are flying by the seat of our pants a little bit too, but but there's lots of exciting things um, happening that yeah. then I think that's where you get that spontaneity and that enthusiasm. But I think it's more also I'm not just saying that I pop things up whenever, like I definitely have a bit of a formula in 
when to post and what to post at what times and what's, what works best for us, yes. um, when to do the hard sell and when to do the inspiration. You know, yeah. I think good content planning is like, I mean, good content is not too salesy, yeah. It's really inspiring. It's authentic. It's consistent. Like I think someone could look at one of my photos and know it's me without my words being on it. And so, yeah, yeah I guess having great images. I love taking photos. Like I guess it's another um, creative element that I love in the business too. Like yeah, I just, right. I love creating the content for it as well, and I love the storytelling that stories allows you to do. Like we yeah. just did a really great photo shoot for a collaboration that we've got launching on the weekend. We did it. We suspended a boat an old rowing boat above the wheat fields in narrow mine and we got in at fishing with fishing rods and champagne glasses and a big sort of Priscilla Queen of the Desert um, gold bit of fabric and then we were being blowed by um, <laughs> leaf blowers and, like, it was so ridiculous but it the, the, real, the still photos are phenomenal but I think the whole... Um, you know, a collaboration for us is not just revealing the end product to our audience. It's like taking people on the whole journey yes. of like why we're doing it, who we're doing it with, why, you know, everything about it and then the samples and adjusting and, and then that photo shoot day is like so wild and fun and then you launch the thing. Yeah. And then you yeah. have the podcasts and the blog posts and the newsletter and the, you know, it's just all this little formula that I think we've, you've nailed it over time. We've worked it out that I'm yeah. like, yeah. yeah, the photo shoot. I'm like the the videos us doing the photo shoot is just as important as the end product at the end, the actual photos. So we've come to know that because we're like, oh, people are actually really interested in behind yeah. the scenes. Like, oh, I yeah. get so much traction that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, and yeah. that's fun. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. And I think when it is fun and you enjoy it so much, and I think most importantly you can see the rewards that your efforts reap, you know, when, when you do show up and you do make the effort, you know, you, you do actually drive a return on that so that it makes it feel not so cumbersome. You know, I think it can feel cumbersome and clunky and you can be resentful if you feel like you're feeding this beast which is actually never kind of giving you anything back. Um, so, so it sounds like that's, that to you is, is so worth the, the effort and so much fun to do. And out of interest, what, you know, out of all the kind of marketing that you do, what would be your favourite kind of channel or, or platform or marketing to, to create? What, where would you, like if you only had to choose one, where would you choose to show up? I think I'd just, I think I'd pick Instagram stories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. I'd pick that. Yeah, I, I, I love, um, I love, yeah, I like, I like humor and I like being a bit, um, yeah, being a bit silly. And I love the way that, you know, I'm not a graphic designer at all, but I'm, oh, that looks good. And, yeah. you know, and I like the way you can just be like, just short, quick things. And you're able to tell a story that I even enjoy going back and watching. I'm like, oh, that's so funny. I love that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's probably my, um, that's yeah. probably my favourite. And because it doesn't last, like, who cares? Yes. You know, I get embarrassed when I think, um, 
people I actually know are listening or looking. Yeah. You know, when my mother-in-law yeah. is like, oh, I saw you did that, I'm like, oh, so embarrassing. <laughs> you know, when I think the real people, you know, see it. Yeah. yeah I don't know, which seems yeah. silly. I just sort of throw it out there and try and not think too much about it. Like, no. Probably no. two, a few years ago I wouldn't have put my face on. Really? Um, I make all the girls cut my head off on pictures. Like, and now I just think, oh, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 I yeah. think yeah, it's like it's like um, exercising, you know, you slowly build up and then you, you yeah. know. Yeah, which yeah. Which I should do more of as well, but, you know. <laughs> I couldn't, shouldn't we I all? think it's just I, I think to people, you know, it's free to use Instagram. It's pretty amazing and to just give things a go and test it and if it works, do it again differently or do it with yeah. something else the same and, you know, it's like that slow that yeah. slow build over time. Yeah. 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 And I agree. And it's almost like, um, you know, the, the stories and the newsfeed sections of Instagram are polar opposites, you know, like the, the newsfeed, you kind of feel like you have to be perfectly curated and beautiful and, you know, perfect full stop. Whereas the stories, which are far more engaging and, and for this reason, you can kind of turn up with that authenticity and just yeah. be whatever you are that day and show, you know, all the stuff that happens behind the scenes. And that's the stuff people want to see. You know, yeah. people, sure, you know, polished, beautiful imagery is lovely to, to, to kind of look at. But when you want to kind of connect with a, with a human or a brand, it's that real authentic, you know, authentic kind of content that you want to create, um, mm. sorry, connect with. So, yeah, completely agree. Now, you touched on before... Um, and I can't even remember which question it was that, that you answered around just making sure that might have been your email, just making sure that um, you kind of really want to bring out the in-store experience through your digital channels. And, you know, I know myself, I love visiting the jumbled store. It is such a, a treat. It's like a really fun and inspiring space the store, the products, your sales team, they all have the same energy and vivaciousness um, the, that your content does. And obviously as the founder and owner of the business, and, and we've spoken about this, that kind of starts with you. And the true north is, is, is what you like. But what I think you've created is this amazing brand culture um, that permeates through every single touch point. Now, is this something that, again, has happened quite organically or have you at some point had to kind of purposely guide people or document or recruit in a certain way to make sure that that energy stays true, at, you know, the bigger you grow? Gosh, it's always like a constant battle, I think. You know, you have... Um, I don't know. You catch me on a good day and a bad day, I think. But at the moment, you know, I have the most beautiful staff and some have been with me for a really, really long time, like 10 years and eight years, the two, Jess and Selena. And then others, we hired three new staff since COVID. So they're still learning and um, stuff like that. But I think, you know, I've made lots of mistakes over the time. But I think with hiring, what I've trying to do and what I've learned has worked, worked most successfully is hiring people on um, people that are kind and generous. I think then they make the most beautiful people to work with, deal with everything. You know, the person that says, oh, would you want me to go get your lunch or um, 
walks something out to the car for someone or doesn't walk past a full bin. You know what I mean? Like I think it's about finding those people. But I think when you've got good people already working for you, they set the benchmark also because you can't be across everything all the time. Like as we get bigger, it is really hard. Yeah, it's just a, it's an evolution of, of things really. Um, but, yeah, I think when you've got good people, then they rub off on other good people and then I think hopefully that attracts that yeah. type of person to come and work for you yeah. and you can, yeah. you know, you can quickly... You can quickly tell, I think, now yeah. maybe. Yeah. But it is it is a really hard one. Yeah, and, and it is. And I guess because, and particularly when, you know, your marketing kind of tells this story because it is very much you. And if, and if we kind of saw your marketing and then came and met you, everything kind of aligns. Um, but then it's like there's, it gets to the point where that's right, there has to be more of you. So making sure that, that people have that. And, and particularly in store, it's such a high touch in terms of, of pe- that experience that people get and everything is so beautiful in your store. You know, having the people that, that actually kind of bring that to life as well is, is important. And you do it beautifully. Like you come to your store and they're all wearing the fabulous fashion that you sell and they all look bright and gorgeous and they're lovely. So, so you've definitely done that well now what about measurement pip how do you measure what are the kind of key things is it is it really about i mean at the end of the day you know sales is is obviously a a key measurement but in order to kind of work out what's working and what's not are there other metrics that you look for are there other clues that you look for as in you know do we need to kind of optimize and tweak this or do we need to stop doing this what what do you look for i'm like probably the worst for this (laughs) In terms of, like, but this would be my personality, I think, (laughs) that, you know, the business is going really well at the moment and and just exceeding all expectations, really. Yeah. That I mainly go off how I'm feeling in terms of, like, you know, yes, sales is yeah. probably our biggest um, thing. And and I just check, check in with the bookkeeper every now and then. we still got <laughs> money. But I don't get caught up in the nitty-gritty of, um, you know, how much shipping costs and how much this is or what is. But, you know, we can definitely see the things that sell or they don't sell. Yeah. But at the moment, like, I don't, I don't know what we've been doing has been working, but which has been great, but I yeah. more go off the success of how um, I'm feeling personally, like whether I feel really happy at work where I'm really ex- excited, inspired, um, like, which is so silly, yeah. but it's um, like everything, you know, we probably had our biggest day the last week and I felt really dreadful by the end of the day because we'd made lots of little silly mistakes that really in the big scheme of things is like not that much money. Yeah. But it's like I don't want the business to get any bigger. Yeah. Um, I just want all of us to be doing the very best in that it's the very best store experience that the customers online in store, you know, that it's just flawless and, and it's, we're not there yet. And I don't know whether you ever are going to get there. I don't know, but I just, you know, I just want to, I don't know. I just went home feeling really flat and deflated, but then I was like, it was an amazing day. That's so silly. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just, 
yeah, I don't want to get any bigger. I just want to be doing more stuff that makes us feel great and um, yeah, that yeah. everyone's happy at work. I want to be more, that's more my um, benchmark of success is that all my staff are really happy as well. So it's just that, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, but I no, things that. are going good. Yeah. I, think, I think when things are going bad is when you really have to knuckle down on the nitty-gritty and um, be looking at what's going on. But at the moment I think we're just wearing rose-coloured glasses and rocking on and just trying to get everything done in the, I don't know. Well, sure. I think if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like it sounds like whatever you're doing now is working. Like you, it, it is working. So there is no need to kind of really look too closely at that and look for the faults because at the end of the day, it's clear that, that you know, that the things that you are doing um, well are driving results. So there's there's no point in kind of overanalyzing it. And it's interesting that you say in terms of you you know, you kind of navigate your, I guess, um, kind of measurement of uh, or at kind of ascertaining where you are by that gut feeling. It's almost like an intuition, I guess, you know, in terms of, um, and I love your story about kind of, and I, and I think when, when you're feeling bad on the day that you made lots of sales, but, but kind of looking and, and kind of focusing on the stuff that you did wrong. And I think that's typically something that we do as, as women as well, you know, we always, we can never pat ourselves on the back and go, gosh, we've done a great job. We always have to look at the stuff that, that we could be doing better. Um, but I think in terms of, I love the kind of intuition behind, you know, well, I think, you know, we're doing really well, what we're doing is working. So I don't need to kind of look into the, to the nitty gritty and you're right. It's kind of when things aren't working that you have to kind of start to think, well, is this where we should be spending our time? Could we be doing this, this better? But clearly what you're doing is, is working. Pip, you have just been such a wonderful person to chat with on a Friday afternoon. I've just learned so much from you um, and I'm sure our listeners have too. So um, where's the best where, where, where's the best place to kind of get in touch with you? If, 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 uh, if, uh, I guess if our listeners, if, if the listeners want to kind of get in touch with you or find out more about Jumbled, where, where should they go? Yeah, well, we've got our website, which is jumbledonline.com, but then also our Instagram at jumbledonline, and I look after it. So if you send me a DM, I oh, will cool. hopefully reply to you. <laughs> I'm usually in bed, the kids are gone to sleep, and I'm like, okay, right, and just try and get through all the messages and stuff, but I try oh, my best. But, yeah, oh, that's probably the best place to get in touch with me. Yeah. Oh, or come awesome. and visit us in beautiful Orange in New South Wales. That Absolutely. Would be very good. That'd be even better. And the other thing that I um, definitely want details of is the next huddle that you, totally. that you have. I would so love to come to that. I'm sure there's lots of people around Australia that would love to come to that. So we'll definitely have to get those details from you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pip. I really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jane. It's been great. So much for tuning in to another episode of the How to Do Marketing Show. Hey, if you are really enjoying these episodes and feel like they are helping you become a better marketer, head into your podcast app and hit subscribe. That way, you will not miss an episode and the marketing goodness will just keep flowing in. And if you know a small business owner who you think might also find this episode helpful, please grab a screenshot of the episode and send it over to them. And remember, 
If you are looking to create high-impact marketing on a small budget, head over to dragonflymarketing.com.au slash high-impact small budget and sign up to receive our e-guide that will give you 10 actions that you can take right now to help you get better bang for your marketing buck. And until next time, happy marketing. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 